Then what happened? Sulaiman salam, he learned that the queen was coming. Okay? Because the delegation returned home and they told the queen about the greatness of Sulaiman salam's kingdom, his power, and of course his threat to attack. So they suggested to the queen that you go yourself and speak to Sulaiman in order to make peace. This is not something that we can negotiate. This is not something that we can handle. This is something that now you have to do. Because he's threatened to fight us. Alright? So what happened? The queen now is coming to Sulaiman to negotiate, not to surrender. Alright? To begin the talks, like they say. Alright? Not to surrender, but to begin the talks. Now, when Sulaiman finds out that she's coming, what does he do? Qala he said, Ya ayyuhal mala, O assembly. Mala, O my council. So Sulaiman is discussing with his council now. Here also we see the same thing. He's discussing the matter with the people who are close to him. He says, Ayyukum, which of you, Ya'tini, will come to me, meaning will bring me, bi'arshiha, with her throne, qabla before, ayyatuni muslimin, before they come to me, in submission. Who's going to bring her throne before they get here? Why does he want the throne? Why does he want the throne of the queen before the queen arrives? Why? To further prove to her his strength so that she is inclined towards accepting Islam. Because a person who's rich, he's going to be impressed by the money you have, right? A person who's powerful, they're going to be impressed by the power that you have. Correct? So Sulaiman wants to impress the queen right, with his power so that she is more inclined towards sulh. You understand? You know, this is not buying people. This is really telling them that you're not going to make a bad choice if you accept Islam. This is similar to how when a person accepts Islam, zakat can actually be given to them. Zakat can be given to them. Why? Why? Is that a bribe? It's not a bribe. Just to keep their heart firm on Islam. It's as if, you know, you're welcoming them, encouraging them that you're not making a bad choice over here. This is similar to how after the Fath Makkah, after the conquest of Makkah, when the Prophet ﷺ fought in the Battle of Hunayn and so much, you know, booty was brought in, the Prophet ﷺ didn't give a single thing to the Ansar. You know that? Not a single thing to the Ansar. And he gave it to who? To the main, main people of Makkah. Some of them had not even embraced Islam at this point. He gave it to them. Why? To win their hearts over. This was not a bribe. This was to tell them that look, you're not going to accept Islam because you fear for your dunya. You think you're going to lose everything? You're not going to lose everything. You're going to gain so much. And what Allah has in store is far more than this. It's like an incentive. It's an encouragement. Right? So Sulaiman wants to make the same impression on the queen. So what happened? When he asks his counsel, who's going to bring the throne? قَالَ عِفْرِيتٌ مِنَ الْجِنَّ Now listen to this very attentively, okay? Ifrit from the jinn said. Who is Ifrit? Ifrit is a kind of jinn. Okay? Ifrit is a kind of jinn. Meaning, a certain type of jinn. You know, just as amongst people also, there's different types of people. Hmm? People, you know, different races. And not just different races, but also different strengths and different abilities. So Ifrit is a kind of jinn. It's not the name of a jinn, it's a kind of jinn. 
And Ifrit is understood as the most powerful amongst the jinn, meaning those the strongest amongst the jinn. Alright? And hence, when an Ifrit is disobedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's the worst, the most evil. Okay? But since Sulaiman he ruled over the jinn also, Ifrit over here is not evil. Okay? He's very, very powerful. So an Ifrit from the jinn, he said, Ana atika bihi, I will bring it. Qabla before antakuma min maqamik. Before you stand, you rise from your place. Maqam, place of qiyam, meaning the place that you're sitting at. Before you get up from it, the throne will be here. I want you to stand up. Everybody. How long did it take? Because you were sitting on the floor and now you stood up. Took you maybe two seconds, three seconds. Right? Now take a good stretch. And sit down. So, just imagine, the jinn said, before you stand up, meaning a matter of a second or two, I can get the throne in front of you. He said, I can do that. Now, how is this possible? Physically, I mean, this is possible. I didn't say impossible. This is possible. Because if the jinn travels at the speed of light, then yes, from Jerusalem to Yemen, and then from Yemen back to Jerusalem, it is possible. But this is the maximum that any jinn can do. Okay, this is the maximum that any jinn can do. The maximum strength that the jinn has. Because the Ifrit is not an ordinary jinn, it's the best, you know, the most strongest, most powerful jinn. He says, وَإِنِّي عَلَيْهِ لَقَوِيٌّ أَمِينٌ Indeed, I am over this task, قَوِي and أَمِينٌ قَوِي, powerful, strong, I'm capable of doing this, and I'm Amin, I'm trustworthy. You can trust me with the throne. I won't steal any gems and rubies, anything from it. Okay? I'm not going to steal it and bring something else in its place. No, you can trust me with it. Qawiyun Amin. Now, it's understood that the jinn is not going to yank out the throne from its place and then steal it and then carry it in the sky and then bring it so that people see it. Right? And then, you know, the people of Sabah, they're chasing the jinn. No, that's not going to happen. Rather, what's going to happen is what he's suggesting is that I will make the throne disappear in one place and appear in another. Disappear in Sabah and appear where? Before Sulaiman a.s. Is this a fairy tale? I'm asking you. Is it? It's not. This is the speech of who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a story of who? A prophet of Allah. But then how is it possible? This is our iman bil ghaib. Believing in the matters of the unseen. Alright? Now, even though this can be explained by the laws of physics, like I mentioned to you earlier, this is physically possible. And there's a whole clip that you will find online on YouTube. Just Google Yasir Qadi and the Queen of Sheba. You'll find it. Okay? How he explains that this is possible physically. We don't need the science to explain this in order that we believe in it. Okay? Why? Because if Allah is saying it, it is haq. And science can change. The explanation that we give today could very well be refuted tomorrow. Okay? But just to make it understandable, when you send a text message from your phone, you're typing in words, and you hit send. Do you see the words flying out of your phone all the way to the satellite, and then coming down from there? and entering the phone of your friend, what happens? 
In a second it goes, and in less than a second it appears on your friend's phone. Hmm? Yeah, when you're typing, they know you're typing. You're online, they know you're online. Isn't it? I mean, they know. It's so transparent these days, right? So, when it comes to magic, okay, this is not magic by the way, when it comes to magic, and when it comes to jinn, because magic is also done with the help of jinn, right? So when it comes to magic, when it comes to jinn, there is something about changing matter into energy, or causing matter to disappear in one place, and then making it appear in another place. So changing matter into energy, and then back into matter. Alright? Making something disappear in one place, and then making it appear in another place. Or just causing something to appear. I mean, there is magic. Magic is, it happens. And when a magician is standing, you know, with a very small hat, and from that hat, you know, he's extracting a bunny after a bunny. Yes, in some situations, it's just an illusion. But in other situations, it's actually real magic. If you look inside, you put your hand in, there is no real bunny. There is none. There is no pigeon. But then with the magic spell, what is he doing? He is bringing matter you know, from nowhere. It was somewhere before. He caused it to disappear. And now he's causing it to appear in another place. The point is that these things are possible through magic. These things are possible for the jinn. Alright? Likewise, there is a person lying down in a box and he's cut into half. I mean, you know about this. It's not just something that you saw in cartoons. It happens in real life also. I mean, this is what magic is about. Alright? Now, just like the way computers have the ability to turn data into waves, alright, data into waves, the jinn have the ability to do that with physical things. That the throne is turned into some form of energy, you cannot see it, it's made to disappear in one place, and then it's made to appear in another. Alright? So this is what the Ifrit is talking about. So when we read these stories, don't think of it as a fairy tale. Alright? This is not a lie, this is haqq. I mean, the Prophet ﷺ went on Mi'raj. Alright? And when he returned, was his bed warm? It was warm. And when you look at the details of the journey of Mi'raj, it's so long. How did that happen? I mean, something. It was different. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused that miracle to happen. Musa ﷺ caused the sea to split. And both the sides were like mountains. كَالطَّوْدِ Awim. And, I mean, water doesn't stand like that. It doesn't stop like that. Right? So this was a miracle. Now, this is the ability of the jinn. Ifrit can do that. Alright? Now, before we continue, one more thing. The Prophet ﷺ, he asked, who can bring it? And what does the Ifrit say? I can do it for you. Because I am qawi, I am ameen. Remember Yusuf ﷺ also, he offered his services. So don't just wait to be called. And sit there with humility. Oh, I can't do anything, you know. I'm never gonna say I can do it. Somebody's asking, who's going to do it? If you find the ability in yourself, go ahead, offer your services. Don't wait for people to beg you and ask you. But that's if you have the ability, and if you have that amana. Qala, he said, Alladhi, the one who, indahu ilmum min al-kitab, the one who had knowledge of the book. So the Prophet ﷺ didn't say to Ifrit, okay, you go and bring it. Ifrit offered, Sulaiman ﷺ, he didn't say yes or no. But before he could say something, somebody else offered their services. And who was this one? Alladhi indahu ilmum min al-kitab. Someone who had knowledge of the book. 
Who was this someone? Some have said it was another jinn, or it was another human being, it was an angel. Who was it? Allahu A'lam. Allah doesn't tell us. But what Allah is telling us here is, that this one had knowledge of the book. Which book? Scripture. Scripture. Meaning he had knowledge of Allah's ayat. So he used that knowledge, he was going to use that knowledge, the jinn offered to use his jinn skills, right? الذي عنده علم من الكتاب is offering to use the knowledge of the book that he has. He says, أنا آتيك به I will come to you with it قبل before أن يرتد إليك طرفك Before يرتد It returns from رد It returns إليك to you طرفك Your vision Your vision returns to you meaning you blink Blink How long does it take? Much much less than standing up from your sitting position. Right? So what happened? Before Sulaiman even allowed him, he brought it. He brought it. And the throne was right in front of Sulaiman What do we see over here? Ifrit offered to use his jinn powers. And this one offered to use his kitab powers. His ilm powers. Okay? Who was more powerful? Ifrit or Kitab? Kitab was more powerful. And this is what we need to understand. The Qur'an is more powerful than any power that exists. Any power that we know of. You know, one level of strength is using the physical resources that we have. You know, the laws of physics that we understand, that we do have control over. Okay? Then there is a greater level. The power that the jinn have. They can fly, they can go in seconds from one place to another. Right? They can do that. They see us, we don't see them. It's another realm. Correct? And then what is greater than that is the power of the kitab, the book that Allah has given. This is so evident over here. You know, the ilm of the kitab that Allah has given. And by the way, ilm is different from just listening to a lecture here and there, and getting that iman rush feeling, and then forgetting it and going away. Ilm is really studying the kitab, having some, you know, a strong hold over the information that you have acquired, so that you can recall it and you can use it. And not just that, having certainty, yaqeen in it. And yaqeen, conviction, only comes after ilm. You know, one is to know that, yeah, I heard something in Surah Ali Imran. And the other is, I know the ayah. I can recite it in front of you. I can tell you its meaning. And when you hear it, you understand it. And so you're able to derive strength from it. It's a source of strength for you. And then it will be a source of shifa for you. It will be a source of inner strength for you. Recently I met a sister, and she told me this amazing story about herself. How she had, you know, her child many years ago, 15, 20 years ago. And her child was basically born premature. They were in the hospital for a very long time. And she said that her child was, you know, got one infection after the other. There were many, many problems. It was a very, very rough time. All right? And she said, people would tell me, do ruqya, read Surah Fatiha. Surah Fatiha is shifa. And she said, I would do it, but nothing would happen. You know, like, she didn't really have that faith. Even though she knew Surah Fatiha. But that yaqeen was missing. 
Now, she's had a baby again. And same story. Premature, hospital, everything. And she says, Alhamdulillah, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, give more and more shifa to that baby. That baby was born more premature than the other one, than the first one. And Alhamdulillah, not a single problem has come. And she said, what's the difference? It's the fact that I studied the meaning of Surah Al-Fatiha now. Okay? She took the course, she studied the meaning, and she said, now, when I recite Surah Al-Fatiha, I recite with yaqeen. I know this is shifa. So when she's with her baby, she says, I don't use my phone, I don't talk to anybody, I don't listen to anybody, I don't do anything except that I read Surah Al-Fatiha on her seven times. This is you know, standard practice for the whole family. The moment you see the baby, the moment you hold the baby, you must recite Surah Al-Fatiha seven times because Surah Al-Fatiha is shifa. This is what Allah, His Messenger, have told us. This is the power of kitab. We think the power is in what? Medication. Or some man who has some jinn powers. You know, some jinn in his control. So he'll come and, you know, say some spells or something and then everything will be fine. No. Greater power is in what? In the book of Allah. So the one who had knowledge of the book, he said, I will bring it to you before you, before your vision returns to you in the blink of an eye. فَلَمَّا رَآهُ مُسْتَقِرًّا عِنْدَهُ Then when Sulaiman saw it standing in front of him, مُسْتَقِرْ Still, قَرَار What is قَرَار? To be still. The throne was right there in front of him, not shaking. Still. In front of him. قَالَ He said, هَذَا مِنْ فَضْلِ رَبِّي This is from the bounty of my Lord. This is Shakir. This is a servant who's grateful. He sees the ants, he is grateful to Allah. He sees the throne in front of him, something so mighty, he says, This is the favor of my Lord. Liyabluwani, so that he will test me. Aashkuru, whether I am grateful, am akful, or I am ungrateful. Highlight this. This is something we need to remember. Whatever we have, whatever blessing, whatever skill, whatever favors we have in our life, this is the favor of who? Allah Azza wa Jal. And it's a test. أَأَشْكُرُ am akfur. When we think about tests, we think about problems and difficulties. Sulaiman is saying, this blessing is also a test. A test of what? My gratitude. وَمَنْ shakara, And whoever is grateful. فَإِنَّمَا يَشْكُرُ لِنَفْسِهِ Then he is grateful for who? For himself, his own benefit. وَمَنْ kafara, And whoever is ungrateful, فَإِنَّ رَبِّي غَنِيٌّ كَرِيمٌ Then indeed my Lord is rich and noble. Meaning He doesn't need our gratitude. We need our gratitude. Allah doesn't need it, we need it. Again we see the hadduth Right? He's talking about Allah's blessings because this is gratitude. And what we see over here is also that as soon as he receives a blessing, he thanks Allah. This is what we need to do also. The Prophet ﷺ said, Allah does not bestow a blessing upon any slave. And he says, Alhamdulillah, except that what he gives is better than what he received. Meaning, what the servant has done is better than what he had received. What has he done now? Shown gratitude. So showing gratitude is more important, more beneficial than the blessing that you received. Qala, Sulaiman salam said, Nakkiru. Nakkiru, change, disguise. From the root letters, noon kafra. Tankir is to make something unrecognizable. Right? Munkarun, those who are not recognized. So he said, change, meaning modify 
What? Laha for her, arshaha, her throne. Meaning before the queen arrives, change the throne, alter it, renovate it, fix it. Okay? Modify it somehow. Namdur. We will see. Atahtadi, whether she is rightly guided. Am or takunu she is min ladina amongst those people who la yahtadu, they are not rightly guided. Meaning we will see. If she recognizes her throne despite the changes, then yes, she's not just a superficial person. Alright? And if she doesn't recognize her throne because of the changes, then what does that show? That she is superficial. So what happened? They changed the throne. فَلَمَّا Then when جَاءَتْ She came. قِيلَ It was said, أَهَكَذَا عَرْشُكِ A is هَكَذَا Like this. عَرْشُكِ Your throne. Is your throne like this? The question is not, is this your throne? What is the question? أَهَكَذَا عَرْشُكِ Not أَهَذَا عَرْشُكِ أَهَكَذَا Is your throne like this? قَالَتْ She said, كَأَنَّهُ هُ كَأَنَّهُ As if it, هُوَ It is. Meaning, it is as though it was it. Meaning, yes, my throne is very much like this. So much so that I, it's almost the same. It's probably my throne. So she doesn't say yes or no. What does this show? That she recognized her throne despite the alteration, despite the modification. وَأُوتِينَ الْعِلْمِ And the queen said that we were given knowledge مِنْ قَبْلِهَا Before it, meaning before this incident, before the throne was brought and everything, وَكُنَّا مُسْلِمِينَ And we have surrendered. It's as if she said this to herself, that we don't need this in order to know your truthfulness, Sulaiman. I have already understood that you are a true messenger. Okay? This is how it can be understood. That we already knew that you are a true messenger before you brought the throne and everything. I don't need to go through this to realize that you are a prophet of Allah. This can also be understood as Sulaiman salam said the statement that we were given knowledge before her, meaning before the queen, وَكُنَّا muslimin, And we were Muslims first. وَصَدَّهَا Now, this incident, the fact that she recognized her throne despite the modification, what does it show? Her intelligence, right? So she's so intelligent, yet she was worshipping the sun. You understand? I mean, why worship the sun? Look at how Allah defends her. وَصَدَّهَا And it prevented her. What prevented her? مَا كَانَتْ تَعْبُدُ What she used to worship مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ besides Allah. إِنَّهَا Indeed she, كَانَتْ She was مِن قَوْمٍ كَافِرِينَ From a nation that was disbelieving. So the reason why she worshipped the sun was because she was born in a nation like that. That is what she knew. That is all she knew. So who's gonna tell people like her? If Sulaiman salam did not do da'wah to her, then she would remain in that shirk forever. Yes, it seems a little harsh that why is he interfering? And why is he insisting? But this was for who? For her own good. Qila, It was said, Laha for her, Udukhul al-Sarh. Enter the palace. Al-Sarh, Sad Raha. Sarh means high, lofty, beautiful building. A castle. So she was taken to a royal place. Why? Because she was a royalty herself. So when she arrived, she was shown her throne and then she's taken to the palace. So it was said to her, enter the palace. Falamma then when ra'atu, she saw it. She saw what? The palace, meaning the, the floor of the palace. Hasibatu. She thought of it as lujjatan. Lujjah. What is lujjah? Does it remind you of a word we read previously in Surah An-Nur? Lujjih. 
Lujja, what does it mean? Deep water. Meaning not just a little bit of water on the floor, but a pool. So she thought that she was being told to walk through the water. And look at her humility. She doesn't even say, excuse me, why should I walk through the water? She thought it was water. So what happened? وَكَشَفَتْ And she removed, she lifted. عَنْ سَاقَيْهَا From her shins. سَاقَيْ Dual of the word سَاق. What does سَاق mean? Lower leg. Okay? Meaning the part of your leg which is above your foot. Shin. So she uncovered it. Why did she uncover it? So that she could walk through the water easily. Otherwise her dress would get wet. Alright? Now, when Sulaiman saw this, Qala he said, Innahu indeed it Sarhun it is a sarh, a palace, Mumarrad that is paved, that is leveled, min qawarir from glass. This is glass, it's not water. Mumarrad from the root letters Mim Radal. Marada literally means to be to be bare. Okay, to be bare. Like for example, Rajulun Amrad is a man that doesn't have a beard. Doesn't mean he's shaved his beard, it means he just doesn't grow beard. You understand? Likewise, a tree that is bare, meaning it's got no leaves on it, same word is used for that. So Mumarrad means it's just smooth. So it's been made smooth with what? With Qawarir. Qawarir is a plural of Qarura. And what is that? Glass or crystal. So this is a palace that has been made smooth with glass. It's not water, it is glass. Now when the queen sees this, قالت, she said, Rabbi inni ظلمتu nafsi. Oh my Lord, I have indeed wronged myself by worshipping the sun. وَأَسْلَمْتُ And I surrender مَعَ Sulaiman With Sulaiman Not to Sulaiman with Sulaiman, Lillahi Rabbil Alameen, I surrender to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. Now when she saw this palace, she recognized the superiority of Sulaiman salam. So she didn't just surrender, she believed. She believed that Sulaiman salam is not just a king. He is what he is. He is a prophet of Allah. Because you see, all of her power her kingdom, her riches, they are eclipsed by the power, the kingdom, the riches of Sulaiman a.s. Right? I mean, her kingdom looks like nothing compared to the kingdom of Sulaiman a.s. I mean, just the, the fact that she thought that the floor was water, it wasn't water, it was glass. So she was amazed by that. And when she saw this level of advancement, what did she realize? Her own backwardness. Right? Her own poverty compared to Sulaiman a.s. And of course, by looking at the greatness of the Messenger of God, she realized the greatness of God Himself. Right? And this is why we see over here that the sun is eclipsed by the light of the Creator of the sun. She's not impressed by the sun anymore. What is she impressed by? The Maker of the sun, the Creator of the sun. And how did she recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? By seeing the servant of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So she did not submit and surrender to Sulaiman. She is surrendering to who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a very honorable statement. وَأَسْلَمْتُ مَعَ سُلَيْمَانَ لِرَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ So this is the story of Sulaiman alayhi salam. Now there is many details that are incorrect. Like for example, 
it is said that oh Sulaiman was told that the queen she's got very hairy legs seriously if you google queen of Sheba and you look at the Islamic version this is what you find out or she had hooves like that of a donkey or a goat or something and so Sulaiman wanted to test that so he had a glass floor made and this is why you know he wanted her legs to be exposed astaghfirullah astaghfirullah yani how dare we can even say this or write this or narrate this or talk about this seriously without evidence again we are lost in details the whole message of the story is what sulaiman alayhis concern for people for the creation of allah and what is that concern they should know about who allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Hmm? that he's doing da'wah, he's getting the throne to come, he's using all his resources, all his power to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's using his power to impress people, not so that they're in awe of him, rather they should be in awe of the Lord that he worships. And we see that being reflected through his du'as, his shukr, his gratitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Assalamualaikum. The video we're going to show is a video on how ants communicate. Ants communicate? Okay, go ahead. Scientists have long studied how various creatures communicate. Dolphins in the water, chimpanzees on land, birds in flight. But insects, could they possibly have anything to say? Well, when it comes to the tiny ant, it turns out the answer may be yes. Here's Nick Watt. Ants live in highly structured societies. They are masters of architecture and even agriculture. And now, scientists tell us, ants actually talk to each other. Were you surprised by what you found? We were. Yes, we were surprised. With an iPod and an old pair of headphones, they discovered worker ants are indifferent to rock music but stand guard when a distressed queen makes this particular sound. They stand on the speaker with their jones and their mandibles opened, uh, something like saying, I'm defending some, my queen. Now, no one is saying these little creatures talk like they do in the movies. Now stay calm, we are going around the leaf. Around the leaf? I, I don't think we can do that. But they do have a kind of language. Look at the back end of the ant, that's the abdomen moving up and down, vibrating. That's how ants make noise, that's how they, I suppose, talk to each other. Scientists made these startling discoveries by accident while studying the large blue butterfly. They watched butterfly pupae trick ants into taking them to ant nests and nurturing them. And just take a look at what hudhud looks like. Look at how beautiful this creature is. And did you know that Hudhud, they also migrate every year from Africa to Europe and different parts of the world? Just look at the beak, so elegant. And the crown on the head. SubhanAllah. And imagine it's chirping, however, and Sulaiman knows what it's saying. Right? SubhanAllah. Remember Sulaiman, he made dua that, Oh Allah, give me a kingdom, a level of kingship authority and power that you will not give to anyone after me. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave that to him. And this is the reason why he had the birds as well as jinn musakhar under him, subjected under him. He ruled over them. Recitation of these ayat. 
أيكم يأتيني بعرشها قبل أن مسلمين قال عفريت من الجن أنا آتيك به قبل أن تقوم من مقامك وإني عليه لقوي أمين قال الذي عنده علم من الكتاب أنا آتيك به قبل أن يرتد إليك طرفك فلما رآه مستقرا عنده قال هذا من فضل ربي قال هذا من فضل ربي ليبلوني أأشكر أم أكفر ومن شكر فإنما يشكر لنفسه ومن كفر فإن ربي غني كريم قال نكروا لها عرشها ننظر أتهتدي أم تكون من الذين لا يهتدون فلما جاءت قيل أهكذا عرشك قالت كأنه وأوتينا العلم من قبلها وكنا مسلمين وصدها ما كانت تعبد من دون الله إنها كانت من قوم كافرين قيل لها دخل الصرح فلما رأته حسبته لجة وكشفت عن ساقيها قال إنه صرح ممرد من قوارير قالت رب إني ظلمت نفسي وأسلمت مع سليمان لله رب العالمين سبحانك اللهم بحمدك أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أستغفرك وأتوب إليك